to jump right into the Word of God today. Genesis chapter 41, verses 1 through 8. There's going to be quite a bit of scripture reading today, uh, especially up front here. <clears throat> I just uh, would tell you it in my own version, but I think the Word of God shares it way, way, way better than I could. So I'm just going to read it to you. How many enjoyed when Pastor Dustin just read the Word of God the other day? That was powerful. Genesis 41, 1 through 8. Then it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he stood by the river. <clears throat> Suddenly there came out of the river seven cows. Something I see quite often. <clears throat> Fine looking and fat. And they fed in the meadow. Then behold, seven other cows came out of them, out, out after them of the river, ugly and gaunt, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the river, and the ugly and the gaunt cows ate up the seven fine-looking and fat cows. <clears throat> Pharaoh awoke, said, thank God that was a dream, and he began to dream again, he fell back to sleep, and um, says, now it came to pass in the morning that, oh, sorry, I skipped a little section here. It says, so Pharaoh awoke uh, and then fell asleep again, dreamt a second time, and suddenly seven heads of grain came up on the one stalk and plump and good. And then behold, seven thin heads blighted by the east wind sprang up after them. And the seven thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads. So Pharaoh awoke, and indeed it was a dream. <clears throat> now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all of the magicians of Egypt and all of the wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Um, many of you have been here before. We've spoken on Joseph and uh, the topic of Joseph, and so you know the story. Um, but it was Joseph, the dreamer, who ended up interpreting Pharaoh's dream for him. The interpretation was seven fat cows were in representation of the seven years of plenty. Um, and then the seven skinny cows were the seven years of famine. <clears throat> How many know there's going to be some good days there's going to be some bad days. And the bad days are going to kick butt and take names later. But the Bible teaches us how to think, how, how to live, how to react to both, both the good times and the bad times in our lives. And if you stay with me today, it could save your family. It could save your marriage. It could save your job. Save important relationships like the ones at work or the ones at home or even with God. <clears throat> Listen, it was Joseph's interpretation that Listen closely. 
it was his interpretation that it turned out to be the secret to Egypt's survival. How many, how many want to survive? How many want to get through it? God showed Joseph how to handle the bad times by showing, what to, showing him what to do during the good times. I hope you heard that. <clears throat> to say it a different way, you must learn to maximize the positive. So the bad times are minimized. I can tell you this, this is something that's, we're not able to do on our own. We need the spirit of the Lord. Excuse me. To help us through that. Everybody say amen. Amen. In Acts book of Acts for the very first time ever in scripture God pours out his own spirit upon the disciples in the upper room in Galatians chapter 5 and this is going to be some more reading here so bear with me it says you Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Everybody say free. free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Everybody say flesh. flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. Verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Everybody say, Spirit. Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to be whatever you want. Hey, if it feels good, do it. Is that what this scripture is saying here? Hey, if it doesn't hurt anybody else, now listen, anything that I'm saying here Everything that I'm saying here, love is foremost. Love is foremost. We got to keep love foremost. It's the way the scriptures start out. Love your neighbor as yourself. But it says here, the next uh, little reading here says, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19, 
the acts of the flesh are obvious. I read this to you not too long ago, but I'm going to read it again, and we'll just go through it fast. I'm not going to uh, you know, pinpoint. But the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, adultery and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who are like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, and again, I read this too, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, listen to me, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Have you done that today? Have we done that today? Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The Spirit of God is what was poured out on that day that I was talking about in Acts. And Peter goes on to say to everyone who was standing around when the Spirit of God was poured out on them and asking them, now what do we do? And, And he preached to them and he ends up with verse 38, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive, it says you will receive the gift of the Holy Holy Spirit. And then verse 39 says, just in case you're wondering if this is for you or not, it says the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. The promise was the Spirit of God. I want you to understand something that if you don't get the Holy Spirit saturating your upper room, which is your heart, your mind, your thinking, when the bad times come, you'll become cynical, you'll become critical, you'll become depressed, you'll you'll become discouraged, you'll become negative, you'll want to do all sorts of things you never dreamt that you would ever want to do or even think about, you need a baptism of the Holy Spirit in your upper room. You need it to help you deal with the bad times and not lose focus of the good. Today, I'm giving you the answers, guys, to the test first. You must receive the Spirit of God. I'm telling you not just a way I'm telling you the only way to handle these times in your life. In Pharaoh's dream, the skinny cows ate up the fat cows. And my point is, if you don't have that love, the the fruit of the Spirit, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, if you don't have that, if you don't have the joy, if you don't have the peace, you'll allow the bad times in your life to eat up all the good times. And you begin to take on this belief system in your mind that begins to defeat you. You you just allow the bad times to swallow up all of the good. As Christians, we're supposed to be victorious. 
and, and the Bible says more than conquerors, not, but not just in the good times. As Christians, how different are we if we're, if we're not more than conquerors during the bad times? Did you hear that? I mean, anybody can be more than conquerors during the good times. Here's what I want when bad times come, when disappointments come and things don't work out just as I plan them, that I don't allow the bad to eat up all my joy to eat up all my, all my peace, all my freedom, all, all, of, all of my love and all the good that God has done for me in my life and for my family and for my, my, my spouse and for my kids. But left, as you can tell, I'm fighting a cold. But left to our own ways, as the scripture said when I just read it, we will let the bad things swallow up the good things that are going on in our life. Charles Dickens wrote a book called A Tale of Two Cities, and many of us had to read it in high school. I don't know if you remember it or not. <clears throat> but it starts off with the famous line, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Listen, with Jesus, listen. With Jesus, as we were just singing about and, and, and worshiping through, your worst days can become your best days. <laughs> that's weird now, guys, but that's just the way it is. In my worst days, God has somehow, and I mean somehow, I don't know how, has somehow gotten the best out of my life. What you have to do is you have to make up your mind that you're not going to let the bad eat up the good. In Philippians 4, 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, <clears throat> if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. If I had a title today, I'd say, Think on these things. Remember, remember the good. Remember the good. Think on the good. That's why we share the word of God with you every single week. Think on these things. Think on these things. Be here every week. Be here. Listen in every week. Think on these things. Nothing better than the word of God. So that whatever hell brings against you, you have the word of God fresh in your hearts. You know, uh, something comes again, yeah, it is written, you know, it is written. The, the good is going to overcome the bad. The good is going to triumph over the attack. And when the enemy comes up against us uh, like a flood, the Spirit of God is going to put up a standard against it, and it's going to stop it in its tracks. <clears throat> in the book of Daniel, chapter 3, everybody was bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar's order except for three Hebrew boys. They, they wouldn't bow. How many know their names? All the shacks, right? <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We've shared this at the bridge many times, and we just sang about it uh, in, in the song, 
there were only three boys that were thrown into that fiery furnace. But listen to me. When fire was added to that equation, a fourth man showed up. There was another in the fire. And that fourth man was Jesus. Sometimes the only way you can get where God is is to get in the fire. Sometimes you can't get to God without going through the fire. And listen, I'd rather, I don't know about you, but I would rather be with Jesus or have Jesus with me in the fire than to be in the palace without Jesus. Because Jesus plus nothing is everything. And I'm going to say this, but everything minus Jesus, you got nothing. You got nothing. Listen, there were a million, millions of people bowing down, but Nebuchadnezzar was fixed on, listen to me very closely, millions that were bowing. Nebuchadnezzar was fixed on three, three measly Hebrew boys. Sometimes, guys, we focus on the one bad thing that's happening in our life, the one thing that's out of order, the one thing that's not perfect, the one thing that God isn't necessarily like throwing out his blessing, but we focus on the, the one thing, the one bad coworker, the one bad boss, the one bad relationship, the one bad, bad uh, financial situation. And that's where we hang our focus. And it begins to take over the mass of good things that God is, is doing in your life. It reminds me of the book of Esther. I almost said Easter. It's coming. Uh, it's only 10 chapters. And it, if you haven't read it, it's worth a read. It's a really good book. <clears throat> it's in the Bible, by the way. The scripture said uh, that Esther came to the kingdom for such a time as this. Um, what was going on was there was this evil man by the name of Haman, and a very powerful man at that, and he made an order that when he rode through town, when he rode through town, everybody was to bow down and show him honor. He was the king's uh, right-hand man, and everybody in that town did it, except for one man, one Jew, by the name of Mordecai. <clears throat> when all the others were bowing, poor Haman, all, the only one he could see out of all of them was the one Jew, one Mordecai, standing. And he, he let that that bad, if you will, eat up his good. That one Jew got to Haman so much that he began to plot to kill him for that. Not only to kill him, but to eradicate the rest of the Jews because of that one, one man standing. He was going to wipe out all of the Jews, all because of that one guy who didn't show him the honor and was supposed to, to show him. And so one day the Bible says that Haman, this evil man, uh, was in the presence of the king. And the king asked him a question. 
he said, you know what? I, I want to ask you something, Haman. He said, I have someone on my mind that I, as king, I, I want to show great honor to. What, Haman, what would you do? I mean, I want some ideas here. Tell me what would you do? And so what should the king do to honor give great honor to this man that I'm thinking of. Of course, Haman can't hardly take it anymore. He's so excited because he just knows he's talking about him. And he thinks, okay, let's do this thing. And he says, I'll tell you what I would do, O king. I, I, would, I would take the king's robe and I would wrap it around this guy. I mean, the king's robe. And I, I would put him on this white stallion and, and, and have somebody take the, the bridle of the horse and just lead him through town. And, and as I go, you know, go, as he goes through town, you know, um, announce that this man uh, who the king honors, you just bow down to him as, you, as he goes by. And all of a sudden, the king begins to think. He says, wow, what, what a great idea, Haman. That, I, I like that idea a lot. And then all of a sudden, the king said, um, here's what I want you to do, Mordecai. Here's what I want you to do, uh, Haman. I want you, I want you to lead Mordecai around town like that. <laughs> I don't know about you, but just when you think, that your back couldn't go any further against the wall and you feel alone. I mean, this guy was standing up in the face of adversity, but he was standing for the right reasons, for the right thing. Have you ever found yourself in that position before where you're like, hey, God, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do my best here. And this is Mordecai, and, and he's like going to get killed by this guy who doesn't like him. But instead of being killed, now all of a sudden, the guy who's wanting to kill him is going to have to march me around in front of everybody while they bow down to me? Isn't that just like God? You talk about turning the tables. That's turning some tables. <clears throat> but that's what happened, and it... It, even so much so that it got to Haman so much, he ended up, Haman ends up hanging on his own gallows that he actually built for Mordecai and the Jews. I'll tell you what, that's a pretty amazing, amazing thing that God can do. And he, he, he can do that in your, in your life, in your situation, wherever you are, whatever you're faced with, he can turn the tables just like that. The Jews celebrate this day and call it the Feast of Purim, which is a celebration of how God delivered their race. In other words, they have a feast with gifts and everything else to relive and to celebrate, listen to me close, what didn't happen. What didn't happen. We do, and I say okay, we do okay sometimes giving thanks to God for all the things that he did or that, he, you know, that he's done in the past for us. But when's the last time you thank God for all the things that he didn't allow to happen to you? 
your destiny could be hinging on, listen, listen to me carefully, could be hinging just like Haman on, on one thing that's going bad. One, one thing that someone has done to you. One person that treats you poorly. Your destiny could be hinging on just one offense that you let get a hold of you. One hurt and begin to consume you so much that you can lose your destiny. And not only your destiny, but the destiny of your spouse, the destiny of your kids, the destiny of your loved ones over just one thing. That you let, eat. listen to me, you, you, can de, you can be destroyed because you won't let it go. Maybe they, they did do you wrong, you know, but, but don't let the bad eat up all of the good in the rest of your life. Maybe, maybe you were abused, but don't let the bad eat up all the good in your life. Maybe something really horrible did happen to you and, and, and the evil, the devil listen to me very closely, wants you to be so focused and so fixed on that and never let it go and never have the real joy, the, the real peace. What, what a trick of the enemy to allow that to happen. Some of you, if you were to be bitten in the woods by a, a poisonous snake and, and, and your leg and your leg began to swell, your biggest decision would be, do I get mad at the snake and go chase him down and, 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 and make that that, that infection go throughout my leg faster or, or do I just turn it over to God and let God handle it and, and get myself healed? Some of you hold on to things and, and you just won't let it go and you're letting the bad eat up the good. So you're, you're so bitter at that person who wronged you that, that you don't even see the grace of God in your own life. Or, 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 or your own good health that you have. Or, or, or your spouse who's getting closer and closer and closer to God. Or, 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 or your kids who are trying to get more and more involved in the church. Or, 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 or you're just blinded to all of the good things that God is doing in your life. God is for you, guys. He's for you. And God is with you. And, and, and God is, is going to help you. I'm going to wrap up here today. Joseph illustrates. Huh, there's no one in Scripture other than Jesus Christ that illustrates so powerfully the decision. Listen to me really close. The decision that you have to make here today. about not letting the bad destroy the good in your life. If anyone had the right to be offended, a right to hold a grudge, I would have said it's, it's Joseph. Joseph is stripped by his own brothers, thrown into a pit by his own, listen to me, his own brothers. You know how deep of a scar that had to have been 
sold into slavery. He finds his way somehow to Potiphar's house, and Potiphar's wife lies on him and falsely accuses him of sexually assaulting him. <clears throat> he puts in, uh, uh, he's put in prison for 14 years for a crime he never committed. And while in prison, he, he, he meets this butler and a baker, and Joseph helps them get out of prison. And, and the only thing that he asks of them is, hey, just remember, just somehow, remember me whenever you get out of here, uh, put in a good word for me when you get out of here. But the Bible says that they forgot him. Both of them forgot him. But here's what's so awesome. Shall we stand? Here's what's so awesome and so powerful about this story. It's now 14 years later. And Joseph has been raised up now. When I say raised up, I mean he was raised up. He's actually living in the palace now. And now he's second in charge only to, to Pharaoh himself and he has the keys to all of the storage facilities where all the grain is held. The rest of the world uh, is in, in famine times. Interesting fact about this is they say that there's a good possibility that the, the entire population of the earth would have perished had it not been for Joseph at that time um, preserving the human race. Had he not stored up seven during those seven years of good so that he could handle the seven years of bad. Listen, <clears throat> You cannot get ahead by getting even or by holding a grudge. We all know, we've talked about it so many times here, that all it does is it eats away at you. And that's what Joseph understood somehow. Joseph the dreamer in Genesis 42 verse 9 says something very important that I completely overlooked almost every time I read uh, this story. He, he says, says, then Joseph, now listen closely, remembered the dreams. I got to tell you guys, had that been me, I would have mem remembered the betrayal of my brother's. I would, have, I would have remembered the woman who lied on me. I, I would have remembered the, the 14 years of prison that I was in and I didn't even do anything wrong. I would have remembered the butler and the baker who completely forgot about me. I would have remembered all, all the bad things. But Joseph made a decision, and this is the decision that, that you're here today that you need to make right here. Joseph made the decision to not let the bad eat up the good. The Bible says he remembered the dreams. And I'm telling you today, when he remembered, uh, when he remembered the good, when, when he focused on the good, when, when he was fixed on the good, Joseph said, you, my brothers, you meant it for my evil, but God meant it for my good. 
I, I'm not going to look on the bad. I'm, I'm going to look on the good. <clears throat> Guys, this saved his family. This saved his nation. It saved his destiny. And I'm telling everyone here, if you're going through a bad time, or something's got you all twisted up, enemy of your life by the way not just your life the enemy of your family the enemy of your soul wants you to be solely focused on the bad and, and he wants you to just let it just keep eating just let keep eating you keep eating you you may be going through rough times right now. You, you may be um, addicted to alcohol or, or, or some drug. Or you, 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 you may be going through a situation with your finances that, that, that never looked as dismal. Um, you may be in a situation where a relationship that you're, you're with your spouse or whatever is in disarray. You may be offended and holding a grudge against a loved one. And here, listen, in the background, you remember I said there's the, 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 the conflict going on always. Satan says, man, Heath, just, just let the bad times keep eating it up, man. Tony, just, just, just let it keep destroying. Just let it just keep destroying your family. Let it, let it just keep destroying your relationship. That's what the enemy is looking for. But listen, when Jesus steps into the fire with you, <laughs> the tables change. Everything changes. Everything changes. You may think you've got your back up against the wall. But just like Mordecai, I thought, everything can change just like that. Everything can change just like that. Anything can change just like that.